podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 146 for the week of May 12th, 2014. Welcome back, everybody, to the award-winning podcast of Ice and Fire, and uh, we're going to do another episode review today for The Laws of Gods and Men, I believe is the title of this episode. So, as always, this is me, and this is Kyle, and we have a guest with us today, uh, Bill. How are you doing? Pretty good. Hello. Now, you're Mr. Corb on our forums, right? That's correct. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us today. I'm glad. Happy to be here. <laughs> now, now, where are you coming to us from? Um, I am in Tigard, Oregon, a suburb of Portland. Oh, Oregon. Okay. It's about dinner time, right? <laughs> Getting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you've, you haven't officially been on the podcast before, so we always like to ask a few questions somebody comes on uh, I mean when and how did you get into a song of ice and fire um, well I it was the season the first season of the show and I had been hearing about it on podcasts I listened to and my brother mentioned it to me and he was like hey have you seen the show Game of Thrones I was like no I've heard about it I've heard about people talking about evil kids you know <laughs> they were like oh we gotta kill all these kids it's like all right I don't know what any of this is about and so I got my hands on the first episode and watched it. It was like, okay, I'm in. And uh, it was that same July that I got all the books on my Kindle and spent about two months reading them and just powered right through them. And so I think I found the podcast a couple months later and here we are. Fantastic. Are you a big fantasy reader or is this uh, kind of a little different? I, I really didn't read any books much at all oh. and i read these and that's it hmm. i'm somewhat in the same boat as that i hadn't read i hadn't read too much specifically uh-huh. especially fantasy right when i picked up this series and, and it hooked me as well me as well so who in the sh- or who's your favorite character favorite character well if uh, you're paying attention to the uh westeros world cup posts on the forum uh, it would be baylor breakspear ah well, we're going back a little bit here yeah I think he probably would have been an awesome king. <laughs> and that when he when what happened to him happened, it was it was it was pretty depressing for me. Oof. So you threw your Dunkin' Egg novel just across the <laughs> across yes. the room. Yes, I, I threw my Kindle across the room. <laughs> oh boy. Those don't hold up as well as books. No, they or... don't. <laughs> nice. Baylor Breakspear, huh? Is there a specific mm-hmm. reason? You just think he would have been a good king or I just he just sounded awesome. Yeah. You know, every moment he was on the page, he just kicked ass. Was he a half Dornish? I think he was half Dornish. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, well then. He's my favorite character now, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice! I like the different answer. That's really cool. Awesome. Oh, that would be a cool cosplay, to have like have like a smashed helm. <laughs> uh-huh. You get the blood. Maybe have, have yeah. a piece of skull hanging off your yeah. head. <laughs> and then, then when you get drunk at Comic-Con, you can just, it'll, it'll, it'll slur speech, will be okay. Yeah. Be like... <laughs> slur your speech. Nice. Awesome. Very cool. Cool. Well, I guess we can just jump into the, the review. All right. I mean, yeah. wants to get to the episode, so let's do it, guys. Yeah. Uh, we start off with Bravos this time, mm. and we get the cool shot of the Titan of Bravos. Did you guys feel that was an accurate representation of the Titan? Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I mean, you're talking about the uh, credits as well, right? Oh, oh yes, the opening credits, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love the detail they had on that city. You know, mm. I look at it and I think back to the book descriptions of the, you know, these lagoons, and they got the canals and like the temples here and there with their night fires and different religions, and it's just great. 
Yeah, you can see the difference compared to Westeros in terms of like this. This is like a real city compared to mm -hmm. most of the Westerosi cities. I want to see somebody take the freeze frame of it and kind of go through and point out all the different locations, see how really specific they got in, in designing the shot. Um, I wonder if people can really pick out um, all the different buildings and, and specific things. Uh, I'd be curious to see somebody come up with a diagram of that. Isn't there a really detailed map of that city somewhere? I seem to recall hearing something about it. Maybe it's in the, the Atlas book or the upcoming uh, history book. Hmm. Too bad Ashley's not here because she actually has the, the map book, I believe. Uh -huh. um, so, you know that you say that, I feel like I've seen a detailed map as well. I, and I seem to recall an interview with, with, I think, the guy who made the maps talking about how he, it was a back-and-forth process. Like, George would see what he had drawn and said, no, no, you got to do this over here and do that over there. George, always telling people no. Jeez. <laughs> now I'm really mad that I lost my review copy. Of, of the right. Atlas book? Yeah. Or the, really? You got a review copy. Well, I mean, it was lost in the mail, right? That's, that's, what, we <laughs> tell, that's what we tell ourselves. Ah, uh, yes. Lost in the mail. Very nice. <laughs> Those damn mailmen. It's mm. like always, never makes it here. But actually, we forgot to do our lemon cake review. Oh. Like we should, oh. Our lemon cake score. Do it up. Start it off, boss. All right, well, I'm going to give this 4.5 lemon cakes out of 5. Wow. I really enjoyed the episode. Uh, I found the second half of the episode better than the first, and I just saw the second half of it more recently, so that's why it's sticking in my head. But I think it's a good start for the second half of the season, and things are going to go well from here. Maybe seven, might, might have a dip in episode 7, but otherwise it'll be good, I think. Hmm. Bill? Uh, I give it 3.5. Uh, that whole asha yara thing with theon you know it seems so out of place it was like why'd they bother doing it i i get that they had to set up that theon wasn't himself anymore but i mean it's like oh we're gonna scale this castle and they got in so yeah. easily mm. and then they got repelled by a couple of dogs and a guy without a shirt on <laughs> i mean come on so that's the new security system is a couple yeah. of dogs and no shirts <laughs> Like, incorporated. I mean, if everybody in Westeros took off their shirt, would they be these invincible, you know, awesome warriors? So it's mind over matter. Right, type of I, yeah. No, it, that was the last bit. Of, I felt like that was the last bit of filler of the uh, the season. Like it's gonna, the second half of the season is kicking forward, and that was. Uh -huh. kinda, and it was, and it was. You're right. It kind of felt like what it is. It's. I was like, first of all, when I saw that scene, like, we'll go in more depth. But I thought, are they gonna like have somebody of importance die here? Are we gonna get a big spoiler? Oh no, they're they're stuck by the limits of canon. It's like doing something that's already been established, like a pre right. You can't do anything, so they had to like get something done without anything really happening. Yeah, so. Ramsey. <laughs> Ram, the only armor Ramsey was wearing is plot armor. Yes, that's what <laughs> That's why he doesn't need real armor. He's got plot armor. Yeah. Especially because I was thinking, like, you know, this is Asha Greyjoy. She could just throw like an axe at him. I know, it. and she that's... and she did throw an axe in somebody. Yeah. I really, I I like that detail. I'm glad they kept her uh, with an axe as a weapon. It was yeah. a nice little touch. I would give it a. Oh God, I'm so wishy-washy on this. I, I guess a three and a half as well. Um, I thought it was a solid episode. I, I enjoyed it mostly, even the weird things like the the whole Dreadfort attack. Like I can see that there was a reason they did it. Um, and uh, even though I felt it was, uh, I felt it was, it wasn't very tightly written. Um, so yeah, yeah. I guess I'll go with three and a half on this one. Good things, bad things. About about on par with the rest of the season for me. Good. All right. I guess we'll now we'll jump back into the uh, review. <laughs> so um, we head to the Iron Bank of Bravos, and we get our glimpse of uh, is that that's Tycho, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, confirmed to be him, eh? That's yes. I believe yeah. casting said it was him. Yeah, that's that's what I heard too. Where's his hat? <laughs> <laughs> that is the question. People are wondering where his hat is. 
He, he only wears it when he goes traveling. It's his traveling hat. It's his trying. It's his flying nun hat. Uh, so we have Stannis um, not really putting up much of a fight here. Yeah. He's kind of letting Davos do all the work, and uh, it's a good example of how Stannis, Stannis' way of thinking that he doesn't have to. He should just be able to say, "Well, I'm the rightful king," and things just happen for him. I think he looked a little embarrassed to be there, you know, like <laughs> like he's come begging for money. It's like a cancellation line theater that's sold out. He's like waiting for his tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does look a little embarrassed, doesn't he? Yeah. And and he sort of gives um, Davos this look after they reject him, like we came all the way for this. <laughs> you know, you want to be here. Hmm. You know. And but Davos, you know, Davos doesn't give up the fight. He keeps on pushing, and eventually. I, this was a whole. This was kind of weird to me. They show up and the Iron Bank is like, no, yeah, no, we're not yeah. gonna do it. And then Davos gives kind of this. I didn't think it was a very convincing argument yeah. for why they should flop or why they should flip sides. Did you guys think he put up a good enough argument? Uh, no, I think his argument was was good enough that if things changed later, they would come back and talk to Stannis. But not as they said right now. Like it seems yeah. like it would have been better set up for later. Mm. It's like, yeah, because I mean, still they don't have anything of worth on Dragonstone, yeah. yeah. And and all Davos promised them was something in the future. That's not good enough to you know throw money at. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, it was kind of, it was weak writing. I feel it was. I didn't feel the argument was good enough, and um, and I'm a bit confused. Okay, so the Iron Bank, when you when you don't pay back your debt, they don't come after you or anything. They just back someone else your opponent or your yeah. enemy right and so stannis is so stannis is now going to be backed by the iron bank but he stannis has to pay the lannisters debt as well as the money they just gave him right yeah it sounds like it why yeah. would you yeah. ever make that deal <laughs> like <laughs> i feel like it just keeps going on and then if stannis can't pay it joe Schmo's going to come in and then he's going to have to pay the lannister debt and stannis's debt and then the money they give him it's Wow, yeah, it sounds... if Westeros didn't have the wealth at all to pay it, then it wouldn't make any sense. Like it, it does. I mean, we have this whole thing about Lannisters not having gold, but the, it, there's there's enough wealth in the continent that if 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 the king was committed to paying it back, he could. But it's just like it's a little early, and as the guy said himself, they haven't even like Tywin's still around. They're, they're still still technically pay the debt with some Tyrell money. Like it's it's just too early for this problem. Yeah. So I don't know why they suddenly switched horses here. But we find out they did when Davos goes to talk to Salador San. We finally get him back on the show. Oh. Yay. <laughs> he's a he's a cool character. I like him a lot. Maybe just the actor I like. Yeah, the actor is good. Mm. He's got some charisma. He's got some style. He's got the. He's always telling the jokes and he's always happy. Although, oh, he's kind of always happy. He's not very happy at the end of this scene, I yeah. feel. Now, was he, he was at the Battle of Blackwater in the show version as well, right? Or was he not? Hmm. I remember I, he rescues Davos and then lets him go on. To make... I don't know if he was there in the show. I remember him being in the books. Yeah, he's there in the books. He has the rear guard in the books. He's at the bay. Yeah, but I can't remember. I can't recall Salador San ever being involved in that at all. Well, don't they hire him during his whole I want to fuck the queen speech on the beach? Mm. Yeah, like he's involved in that. I just I don't remember what he does in the battle. Yeah, I, can't remember, but yeah, I don't think he's him. on camera. Yeah. But, uh, but then after the Battle of Blackwater went south, he apparently headed off to Bravos to get a bath, and Davos hires him back on. And I feel like there's no conversation. Davos just goes, hey, we're leaving in the morning. Salad Hussain could be like, you know, I'm not working for you guys anymore. It's been a year or two. Oh, it's gold. Or whatever that is. <laughs> <It's, Yeah. laughs> it is gold. That is true. That's true. You think he's bringing a pair of brown pants with him? <laughs> 
I like that joke. Although I, I think I'm, I'm not alone when I didn't hear the punchline the first time I watched it. Yeah, I didn't hear it either. It wasn't until I watched it with subtitles later that I was like, oh, uh-huh. that's what they said. Okay. And did he give uh, the gold to, some of the other gold to Salador's wife or something? Is that what he said there? I'm trying to remember. He gave her a chest of the good stuff, whatever that is. Maybe wine or food. I don't know. <laughs> I got the impression it was more gold or more valuable mm. gold. That doesn't make sense. Um, more stuff. More good stuff. Mm-hmm. The bulk of what Salador is going to be paid is with his wife. I do feel like uh, back in the Stannis scene, that I mean, Brian Cogman wrote this episode, and this is I think this is his stronger episode of the two days in the season, and it's one of his better ones. Uh, but like in regards to Stannis, I think he, when he has Davos make that speech, I almost feel like he's actually making that speech not just for the the bank's benefit but just for Stannis's character benefit in general to be like why are we still interested in this guy and trying to like sell him to the audience so I like that he did that hmm. like so set his, his like you know his advantages yeah. hmm. alright so we, we're doing the bath scene is that right after that it goes to the north do you have anything else for the bath scene here I think that's it for the bath scene all right, so we have Asha reading a letter. Well, mm-hmm. they're on a boat. Asha's on a boat reading a letter. Well, that's the letter from Ramsey, and we get... And, yeah. and I didn't notice it, actually, when they read it at the end of last season, but the fact that Ramsey signs it as Ramsey Snow, comma, natural-born son of Bruce Bolton. I feel yeah. like he wouldn't put Snow directly before the natural-born son. It's just, right. But, uh... He wouldn't put either one of them. That's just like, a I, That's what I pointed out last time. It's yeah. just, it's, but at least it's, it's the same thing. They kept it the same, right? Yep, makes sense. So, yeah, we get this scene, guys. Here we go. <laughs> um, I know Bill's got a lot to say on this. Well, but, uh... be- before we get to that, while she's reading the letter to us for the second time, we get a sex scene. We get more sex position. Yeah. Yeah. And this is coming from the bath where we just had a couple naked girls. There. Right. Uh, true, there was no sex happened, but... Uh... Yeah, so, uh, and that's Miranda, I believe, which uh-huh. is the same girl that he was hunting with a, a few episodes ago. Uh, yes. So, so there's a river that goes up to the Dreadfort. Yeah, I had to pull up my map to make sure this was actually there. Is, is, is it true? Yeah, it's there. Okay. It's, it's the, the Weeping Water, I think it mm. was. Gotcha. And now she's going up this river with the, what is it, the, the best killers on the Iron Islands, right? I, I guess so. If we were to believe what she said, her big speech. And the, her, and the best runners, apparently, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really looking forward to this. Um, I know this is, yeah. is obviously not in the books, but we have that huge buildup in the season finale last year with Asha giving this, this voiceover of her collecting the best fighters on the Iron Islands, the fastest ships. She's going to go. She's going to she's gonna take the rowboats and go up the river, and she's going to get the prince back. And then we get this awkward scene <laughs> where they somehow get into the Dreadfort really easily. And Yeah, this is the Dreadfort we're talking about here. But, yeah. I mean, th- then again, the Dreadfort is – it's correct. They don't have a lot of men there. They're at the weakest they've ever been in recent time because most of the army is still in the south there. It's just the garrison. But anyways, they make it into the Dreadfort. Wait, is Bolton's army still in the south? Yeah. I mean, Bolton himself, north. Yes, that's true. This. Okay. So. Where's uh, Roos himself then? Getting leached. It's... Yeah, he's in the leech room. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's all this noise here? I'm trying to relax here. I'm getting a man like take his leech sauna without being him and Fat Walder trying to have yeah. his a natural born son. Yeah. So um, so they they barge in and um, she finds out that Theon's in the kennels, not in the dungeons, yeah. and they try to rescue him. And we get the ho- we get the point. What I have to believe is the point of this whole scene is that Theon is so frightened. He's so 
just mentally captured by Ramsey that he he can't leave, he can't go, and yeah. uh, which to me is the whole point of this this yeah. this scene. He thinks it's another trick. Exactly, yeah. and um, I, mean, I have it to believe that seemed it. like it was a trick. It's, I mean, what's the odds of her coming all the way around there and rescuing him, even if he wasn't broken? Mm. And mm-hmm. it's good. I like that we got this moment. Um, <clears throat> Because there's never a moment, or correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like there's never a moment in the books where Cleon, where Theon has a clear escape from being Reek. Um, and well, not until he sh- goes into the uh, well, he does what they're trying to get him to do now. He could have technically tried to do it. Like, I mean, they're going to send him now to try to t- to flip Mo Kalen over. Mm-hmm. Like when he went in there, right. maybe he could have technically tried to escape. Yeah, but in the books, he walks in and those people are on their last legs. There's like yeah. what six guys left, and they're half they're half dead anyway. Yeah. Right. Like, that's not a very clear escape. Here he has his sister. True. He has he the has best fighters there. on the islands, and he goes, "We can get you out of here right now." And he doesn't take it. And I think that's. That's a really strong moment that I don't believe the books have. I think that's a good way. I think it's a good way for the show to really show us how how far he's gone, how much he is Reek now and not Theon. Yeah, and I mean it matches the scene with the blade shaving as well. I mean, like, there he wouldn't have escaped, but he could have taken revenge, and again he yeah. was completely broken. So, and then the, the seeing, I mean, having your because well, I guess we'll stick with the character because she's different. Uh, like seeing her. I mean, it was a good scene for her as well to one kick ass, but also like see what happened to to Theon and have that right. sink in. But like, first of all, like, wh- why was uh, was Ramsay bleeding from like the fighting, or was that from before? Like... <laughs> this is the big question. I don't know that that was his blood. What if it was just you know blood spatter? He was just kicking ass with his. It was just like it was just but... uh, watching this. I'm like, just one. You just need one sword. Well, that's the thing. The... Nick coming and he's done. There's just <laughs> blood splatter from what? He was having yeah. sex. And then he ran into the room and he was covered in blood. Well, there might have been other guys elsewhere. like that. Yeah, I assume he fought his way to the kennels. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that as well, but uh, yeah. you never know. I don't know. Maybe he murdered the girl he was having sex with. Maybe that's his thing. <laughs> no, I was thinking that maybe she she like was whipping him or something. It was like some sort of... Yeah, I wondered when he barged in. I was like, was he getting... Was she scratching him? Or was he murdering her? Or what exactly happened? But... I don't know. I think on the DVDs come out, we'll have a deleted scene of him killing some people. What Yara needed to do was club Theon over the head, knock him unconscious, yeah. <laughs> drag him out of there. It's like, he's already taken, I mean, he could take a, one more knockout. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it was, it was just so kind of awkward the way the scene had to, had to end up, that they had, they ended up switching places. Yes. And like, mm-hmm. it was just, it's just like, what is this? This is kind of odd. Yeah, the blocking was, it was just too convenient, like, yeah. All the all the Greyjoy people end up on the side of, with the door, and all yeah. the and all the Bolton people end up on the other <laughs> side. It was like what? And and uh, Ramsay had his deflector shields up, and I don't know. It was it was clumsy. It was clumsy. Yeah. And why didn't she just throw an axe into his face when he was trying to yeah. unlock the gate? Or his chest, or <laughs> any uncovered part of just his body? Just throw it at him. Yeah. If it, yeah. But I mean, like. We we know that, that it was plot armor. I'm just curious to see like if somebody who like were you watching this with uh, TV viewer only like TV viewers? Kyle, did they half and it? half for me? Yeah. yeah. Did they say anything or an after buzz? I think we were all a bit confused. <clears throat> I, was, I think I think we all agreed that it was kind of clumsy. Yeah. This is the Ramsey that they have here, and, and fair enough. I, I hate seeing him being a good fighter. I'm like, no, I don't want to see Ramsey as a good fighter. Hate is, this guy. Is he not yeah. a good fighter at all? We haven't really seen him fight, have we? He's he's a angry fighter, but he's not a good. That doesn't mean he's a good one. He, yeah. he, he never had proper training. Like the, the, his backstory in the show is he had more training. Like that's obvious. You can see from what yeah, he's, maybe Locke trained him. Yeah, 
like he was more around than the one in the show like i mean the books in the books he kind of shows up late in the like he's older and he comes and then he ends up poisoning his brother and then becomes whereas this guy's probably been around the whole time hmm. interesting so then uh he releases the hounds and yet somehow Yara mm. and the team get a, yeah. a <clears throat> those must be the slowest hounds <laughs> <clears throat> Now, I gotta say, I've seen some comments online. People are like, oh, oh, you're afraid of some dogs, you know? Oh, you can't kill some dogs or whatnot. I think people are underestimating uh, rabid, yeah. killer-trained yeah. dogs that they could put a hurting on people. They, they just, and if they get a hold of you, they won't let go of those dogs, right? And then you're, you're, I mean, you're done. Like, yeah. you have one, like, hanging off you, and then a human will kill you <laughs> while he's mm. doing that, yeah. So apparently Yara answered the question, just how fast could she run with those big balls of hers? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is pretty fast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she gets out of there. And we have the moment where they're like, what about the prince? And like, the prince is dead. Or my brother is dead. Um, mm. So they're, is that what they're she's, in... Did I miss that, 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 that cutscene? I must have missed that when she actually says that. Well, that's when they, they get, they're getting into the boats and some random person off screen goes, Yo, what about the prince or what about your brother? I yeah. can't remember the exact words they <laughs> use. And she goes, he's dead. Theon yeah. is dead. Mm. Um, and I think that there you have it the point of the whole scene and it's just filler i guess it's just kind of to give yara it's gonna give them to something to do do you think she's gonna get back to the iron islands now and they're gonna have the queen's moot are we gonna get that Mm. i i think next week she's gonna borrow littlefinger's teleporter and she's gonna get home real quick you know instead of sailing all the way around westeros she just beams over there and um she'll find out her dad died well the thing is do we even really need to see much of her this season i mean they could just late in the season she can get home and see her dad's dead and then next season do more iron island stuff so that could be it mainly for her yeah that would work too yeah then she'd be on the other side again and then maybe she'll take over doing stuff over there and then go back into a regular storyline so i think we are gonna get um some iron island politics I believe some someone's going to show up, whether it's Euron or Victorian this season? Or, or whatnot. No, not next season. I'm, I think season, next yeah. season. But I think it just gives something else to do, and I, I think it'll time out with... Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, but... They have time to go cast some people now for the next season. Yeah. Like they're, they're good at pushing things to a later season, but still handling it well. Hmm. Final comment, my final comment on this, I mean, this is filler, it's not meant to be analyzed that deeply, and we know that, but I'm just saying, like, the way the way it's shown, too, it's like, well, if, if you could do all this with one ship, if you'd sent, like, ten, you could take the Dreadfort, and, like, well, wouldn't that, wouldn't that have been a big blow? You know, <laughs> ten, you could take, you could ten take robots? Yeah, I mean, like, if it's that easy to get in the Dreadfort, and maybe it was, but, but it, well, at least in the show, like, if, if, you're, if you know, taking over a territory and then leaving with hostages would have worked well. Quite I well. think I think they were able yeah. to take it because they had so few men. They were able to sneak under the radar. They were able to they... sneak there, but I mean, like, they were able to sneak there, and get to the kennels, they can sneak in and open the gate, and then yeah. run in with like, a bunch of people. So yeah, if they maybe, the, get maybe far... the gate is better better guarded. But I'm just saying, this is not meant to be analyzed at that or looked at that deeply. Hmm. So. And it's not like they had the support to do it. Like the Balan was whipped, he didn't want to do it. So, so it's not like they. It's just like it's, it's almost like you want to say you sh- you guys should do this, not that they will do it. But you want to be like, hey, you guys want to win, you should send more people, and actually take <laughs> mm-hmm. the dread for it. I just feel really, I feel really bad for the Ironborn because these are apparently the twenty or twelve or whatever number it was best killers on the Iron Islands, yeah. and uh, they kind of went down like chumps. I think I don't think they were because first of all, they. I mean, she said that, but like 
something happened since then. Like I guess they were, she wasn't able to. They seemed kind of young, and then she was reading the letter was kind of to get them into it, yeah. to get them like move. And if they're the best killers, they don't need that. Like they they, they don't need to be like have a motivational speech. Hmm. It seemed like they were a bunch of green boys. Where's Clefjaw, by the way? Did he die in the earlier season? He didn't die, did he? No, he sold out. Uh, Theon, but maybe he just got killed anyways. Yeah, He's, that's what I think. He yeah. sold out Theon, and then you think he got killed. Okay, gotcha. So what's the next scene we got? Uh, on my list, it's um, Ramsay giving him the reward. Oh, the bath. Yes. Yeah, what did you guys think of this one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't bad. It did what needed to be done, and then move on. Like, I didn't... Uh, the, the only moment that stood out for me was Ramsay's look at Theon when he was taking his pants off. Yeah, he just sort of glanced down and grinned. Yeah. It was like, ooh, so look what I did work. to you. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is just setting up him going in and demote Kalen assault. Yeah. So, yeah, much. I was a little on edge this this scene. I didn't know what he was gonna do. I felt that on any moment something really bad was going to happen to Theon, but not really. So, what's the next one? Well, this is the kind of turning point of the episode where it starts to get really good. Is the the stuff with Daenerys in okay. the east? We have the the dragon coming over in it, and it, it well shot because I thought I was like, well, this is are they going to have the kid be killed right away? No, they're going to do the sheep first, and then, or the goats first, and then do that later. He's looking big, that dragon. Yeah. Where did he come from in that scene? I was the kid sitting on a big cliff, and it was like way down below him, or was he under the? Looked like there was like a lake down below him. Yeah, you could see the kid was sitting on some sort of edge. There was a waterfall near him, so there was yeah. uh, there was a body of water where there was a Oh, river. yeah, there's a waterfall there. He's throwing stuff down, but he, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Dragon was I down mean, there doing something. Was the was dragon hiding? Because the kid <laughs> sure looked surprised. He was down there. He was hiding. Yeah, he was taking a bath. He's camoed. But he flies up, he kills yeah. the sheep, flies off, looks awesome, and yeah. then that farmer <laughs> arrives at the Pyramid of Marine in front of Daenerys. And uh, can I say that the set builders do a fantastic job. This is a brand new set. I don't think yeah. we've seen this before, and it looks awesome and so different than everything else. Yeah, I love it. Just how I pictured it. Yeah, really cool. Really neat. And uh, so he comes in, and he and he shows them the... Did, did anybody think he was going to open it up and his kids' bones were going to be in there? Yeah, yes, that was but... my first thought, yeah. Hmm. Oh, it's perfect setup, because when they do that later, it'll it'll be even more of a shock. <laughs> And so Daenerys gives him three times what his his flock was worth, and we get this look, we get this little sideways look from Barristan in the background. Yeah. And I was thinking yeah. the same thing. I was like, whoa, 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 three times. You could have you should you could have just gave him double. You would have yeah. been all right. <laughs> yeah. I think Barristan's really starting to see that she's kind of she's got some flaws that need to be worked out with her rulership here. Well, if you're gonna triple the value of something, make it goats. Like they're not they're not a lot. Three times something cheap isn't that much. <laughs> Um, and then his dar comes in. Dun, dun, dun. I wasn't expecting yeah. to see him this early. I know no, we saw, I, I know I thought, we saw I him on was... the wall. I know we saw him on the wall, but I wasn't yeah. expecting to get introduced to his character this quick. Well, from what we've seen already of his dar, uh, he's. Seen, I mean, his dar was never that bad in the books. Like he was, he was just a guy that was there, and he had he was interesting, but maybe a bit of a fop. But like right now, like this, this his dar is interesting. Like he's able to challenge Danny and and be honest, and he has a lot of potential. I think. Hmm. Interesting she received him that she sounded really familiar with him the way she sighed and was like he can talk to me himself you know like he'd been there before hmm. Hmm. 
I got this. And yet, weird... sorry, and yet this was this was this was like a first time they met from the way their conversation went. Yeah. No, I think she just doesn't like people like putting on airs. She, only she can do that kind of thing. Like because it's like, why are you even bothering? You were there, talk to me, type hmm. situation. Yeah, I didn't know exactly. There was some sort of power exchange because if you noticed, um, she only spoke English up until the point where she talked directly to Hisdar's manservant, and then she spoke Valerian. So there was some weird. Uh, there was some sort of power exchange. Some something in it. Something there. No, so he, he when he was speaking, he spoke like a language not everyone would understand. Like, what was he speaking to her? Well, he was speaking, uh, he spoke Valerian. High Valerian, I think. High Valerian. And uh, up until this point, because the, the goat herder was also speaking Valerian, but but Daenerys was having uh, Missandei speak Valerian back to the goat herder and everything. She wasn't talking directly to them until yeah. the manservant came in and he's like, oh, my master Hisdar in Valerian, um, blah, blah, blah. And Daenerys just completely bypasses Missandei's translations and speaks to the manservant directly in High Valerian. The, the captions I saw for, for the, the shepherd said that he was speaking low Valerian. Maybe Daenerys doesn't speak low Valerian too mm. well uh, as yeah. opposed to high. Mm. Yeah. That would make sense. I guess I'm not distinguishing between the high, low and the high. I'm just kind of clumping it all as Valerian. I think yeah. you do have to split them. Like uh, that, that would make sense if you, if you split them. Or maybe it was, he was too far below Daenerys' station for her to speak to him directly. The, the shepherd, you know. But she spoke to the manservant. I feel like a shepherd and a manservant aren't that. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they just because she couldn't understand this. The it makes sense. The, the shepherd is some guy out in the wilderness. She just can't understand him. Like he's got an accent or he's a different maybe dialect. He, he, he has more yeah. Giscari in his speech. Yeah. Ah, his Cockney accent. In the way. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, his dark comes up, and now he is the son of one of the slavers, which is uh, which is something new. Well, no, I mean, he, he. everybody in the city who was not a slave was a slaver, pretty much, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're a noble, you had slaves. Yeah, yeah there you go. Well, he was, uh, he's, excuse me, he's the son of one of the masters then. You guys are yeah. nitpicking the words I'm choosing. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's the son of one of the masters who got crucified. Well, very well. It was it was a nice use of it there, right? To come here and kind of challenge Danny. Yeah. On what he did. I like, like the fact that his dad, um, while being one of the masters, actually spoke out against the crucifixion of the children. Mm. I thought that was a cool or so, little detail. Or so he says. Yeah, so he claims. <laughs> I mean, but he could be lying, but then again, these cities are not all 100% the same, right? There's got to be some people that were more, that, that maybe did speak out against. Can't say that they all said crucify the kids. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, I zone. Um. <laughs> oh, they, they had a really good conversation. That was, that was good. Like he was able to challenge her, and also Danny was able to like not. I mean, it was a different Targaryen. Probably just be like chop his head off for speaking to me like this. So <laughs> to show her difference. But we really get Daenerys realizing that ruling is not black and there's going to be all these problems that arise. She's got a lot to learn. It's not going to be this clear, easy path just because she she is a Targaryen, the last dragon, and everything's rightfully hers. Like There are problems that are going to come up that, that she's going to have a hard time dealing with. And this is a slap in the face to her. You can see it on her face. She's just like, what? Like, what is going on? And she doesn't know what to do. And it's the first time you kind of see her really at a loss for words. Uh, maybe not the first time, but uh, she's... She doesn't know what to say. She doesn't know how to answer the question right away. 
and she's also running into the established culture of Marine that she has to, you know, if she's going to rule the city, she has to, you know, let them do what they do while also imposing her own laws on them. Hmm. Or else she's going to have revolt on her hands, which she'll have on her hands anyways. Hmm. And how much does she want to completely take over the city like does she want to change its ways and everything it doesn't seem like she does and when he brings up the fact that there are burial rites mm-hmm. she's like she doesn't just go well i'm ruling now so whatever you used to do is different she you can see that she doesn't want to destroy the history of marine she doesn't want to change its customs and everything minus slavery of course she wants to change that um but She's she's trying to find this balance. Like I'm the new ruler, but I, I don't want to destroy destroy what these people have done and and the good ways of their of their living. What she determines is a good way. It's just it's a really unique and and interesting and sort of this. She's got to grow up really fast. Yeah, I mean the burial rights. There's no reason not to like. There's no reason to prevent that from happening. Other than that if she's is part of her extending punishment that they don't even get buried. But she realizes that enough's enough like she they can stop here and let them be buried at least and try to move forward well there's plenty of harm in doing it i mean you could easily see all of a sudden all the sons of all the masters go oh well my dad too and my dad too and my dad too and here are all these yeah. the people who used to be in charge all of a sudden get to take their people off and, well, I, I thought, and give them I, I these rights and people are going to be slaves yeah. and stuff are going to be upset about this was it was it just the one guy? I almost felt like she she meant that all of them could be taken down now, like serve this purpose. It's just it's just going to be the one guy. Well, she set a precedent here. Yeah, exactly. So if it's one guy, it's going to be all. Of them. It's going to be all of them. Yeah. yeah. Plus, they're starting to smell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's it also really hurts tourism. Yeah. Trying to get the economy going here with the young guy is like having this uh, block it, blockade here. They got to get the tourism. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and then uh, and then we find out that it's all it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows when um, there's 212 more problems that she has to deal with that day. And this is something we've seen a few times. We've seen uh, we've seen Joffrey do it once where he's had to deal with stuff, and Joffrey's just like, "Oh, we'll kill him. Take his hand off. Do this and do that." Uh-huh. And, um, we had another scene where uh, I can't remember if it was uh, Ned or Tywin or I feel like this has happened a few times. Yeah, in the show. Yeah, we we saw Ned receiving people. Yeah, and we get that look from Jorah. He's like, oh, "Your problem, Queenie." <laughs> yeah, you wanted to rule these guys. <laughs> I love that look. That cracked me up. Yeah. Actually, two hundred twelve isn't that that much for just taking over a city. Like they gotta set. I mean, eventually you have to delegate. You have to learn to set people up like Hizdar, maybe, and delegate to him. But you have to go through these two hundred twelve now. And does Miss Sande have to recite Daenerys's titles two hundred twelve times? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have one job, Miss Sande. One job. He just started putting abbreviations for it. Be like B O C. It's all anagrams. Yeah. <laughs> Daenerys, etc., etc. M O D. So after we leave Marine, where do we head? We head over to King's Landing, right? Small council meeting. Small yeah. council, and Oberyn is on the small council now. On it like a boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved it. He didn't stand up when Tywin came in. Mace Tyrell, yeah. good little, good little boy, Mace Tyrell was trying to talk him on the master's ships, not you. <laughs> I loved it. Oberyn is Great, yeah. killing it. I love it. It's so much fun. And he's out of the brothel. He's not, having, he's not having sex with anybody in a scene for once. <laughs> but, uh, but he's tired from last night. <laughs> last night. God knows what happened, huh? It's just funny that, the way he said it. That's why he didn't stand up. 
it's like being one of the, one of those committees. There's things that you're you don't really want to be there, but you have to be there. It's like it's always gonna be this early. I was up late last night. It's just funny. Yeah. I think he's really intrigued to be there because he him slash Dorn now is finding out a lot of information that yeah they weren't privy to before. I mean, mm-hmm. they we know in the books that Doran certainly knows about Daenerys and the dragons, uh, but in the show. It seems to be the first time that he's discovering it. You yeah. can see he's all ears. This all seems pretty new to him. Yeah. But even the Sandra Clegane mention was interesting. Like, you saw he kind of, his ears perked up yeah. when they heard Clegane. And we have a bounty on Clegane, which is going to lead to this giant fight that the actor's been talking to leave. Mm-hmm. A silver. bunch of, like, manhunters and headhunters will, will show up and try to take him out. Why do they want to kill the hound so bad? Why do they care? Because he's a traitor, a yeah. turncoat, abandoned him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's true. He's just a bad example. He's just out there doing whatever he wants. And it was, just, it was hilarious when, when he's like, Pycelle is just the perfect toady this episode. Oh, uh-huh. With Mace a close second. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They like tag team of toadies. <laughs> tag team. That's what Tywin wants anyway. It's it's so it's so crazy. I mean, Varys is not certainly not a toady, but you've got, um, you've got Tywin and, and it's just an interesting small council and Oberyn's just like, whatever. It's like... Oh, I love the dynamic. And Cersei. Cersei doesn't... Oh, can we talk about Cersei and them knowing about Daenerys? Cersei doesn't give a shit? Oh, she's got dragons and soldiers, whatever. I don't know. Well, she's kind of trying to... Because she's feeling defensive about Baristan, that's kind of why she's choosing to ignore it. Which, I mean, it's still a mistake if she's actually choosing to ignore it. So what do we learn? We learn the Hound. We learn they know about Daenerys and the dragons. And Tywin's taking an active... A much more active role in all this. Yeah. Yeah. Something... And they point out that uh, Mormont, Jorah Mormont, is still uh, <laughs> spying, or he was spying, mm. yeah. just to remind the viewers. Mm. Which will probably be of some import in the coming episodes. Yeah. Interesting. So what is... So at the very end of this scene, Tywin sends Mace, good boy Mace, to get yeah. some parchment, a pen. Uh, what's what's Tywin's plan? Mm. I think he's going to write an offer to Jorah. going to say, hey, if you backstab her or yeah. do something we want you to do, come, back. come mm. on home. And suddenly the the mail gonna give it to Daenerys instead. Yeah, then... I, I could see that. I could see Tywin writing a uh, a note to Jorah about here's the next thing you need to do, blah blah blah, and then it quote unquote accidentally falling into Daenerys' hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have to get her mad at him because she didn't get mad at him until the uh, Barristan and Selma reveal in the book mm-hmm. before they went in the sewer. And so they, they still got to set up this conflict. Yeah, and I always thought they would just manufacture a way to do it, and they did, to just have a letter show up. Right. So that'll it'll do whatever needs to be done, and then he'll have to leave. Hmm. So is it straight to the trial from here, or do we, am I missing a scene? We have a little mini scene with uh, Oberyn and, and uh, Varys. Oh, oh yes, yep. but of an interesting scene. Detective Oberyn knows all about Varys. Yeah. And, uh, do we know where Varys is from in the books? I don't think so. I don't know. If, I don't remember which city he grew up in. I know he earned his fortune later, mm. but yeah. So, but he's from uh, Lise in the show, and uh, he didn't like boys or girls. <laughs> but there's this moment at the end, and I, this is what we got to talk about, is he talks about how he has no temptations or no desires so that it leaves him open to other opportunities. And he gives a look at the Iron Throne. Yeah. And as a viewer, I feel like I would be like, oh, Varys wants to win the Iron Throne for himself. But as a reader, I'm like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not at all what it is. And it's not meant to be that to us, I think. It means like he wants to choose who sits there or set the person on there, not that he himself is going to put his ass on the throne and be like, hey, I'm 
Varys first in my name. <laughs> and does this add to the theory that he's a secret Targaryen? Mm. You know, he's looking at the throne that maybe his possible ancestors held? Uh, mm. I don't subscribe to that, but... Neither do I, but uh, I'm sure it'll add fuel to that fire. Yeah. I got Aegon popped up into my head. Young Griff, like, popped up. Oh, right. Um, in my head, I was like, oh, he wants to put someone, yeah. put the rightful person onto the Iron Throne. By the way, if he is Targaryen, it'd be of the Blackfire line. That would right. make more sense if it yeah. was. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't really add much either way. He's invested in maybe what the Blackfires are doing, and that's a whole other theory. But... Do you think we're going to get Blackfires in the show? Hmm. I don't know. Are we going to get Aegon? We'll have to see how that works out later. I don't know. The Blackfires just seems like a whole... <laughs> they need a whole mini-series to talk about the Blackfire. Rebellion. Yeah, you'd have to do a Dunkin' Egg story or two, Blackfires involved. Hmm. Or at least into the viewers' minds. So and, then uh, we move on to the trial, dun, 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 the meat of this episode, and what I believe Amin thinks is the best part. Definitely, yeah, that that and uh, Danny scene. There you go. So they bring him out, they put him on trial, and it's a complete farce, as we all knew <laughs> yep. it was gonna be. <laughs> One after another, all these Cersei goons come up and tell their stories, and you know the thing is, half of them are true. Yeah, yeah. every one of them. Yeah, but taken out of context. <laughs> uh, it's a whole different story. Well, the trial system sucks. I mean, it's the same thing in the books. It's like Tyrion doesn't get to cross-examine at all. Like he—that's that, the whole point. He should be able to come here and like question all of them, but he can't. It's mm. like you know, all he can do is bring his own witnesses, which are none. Yeah. Like, <laughs> will he ever get a point? Will he ever get an opportunity to talk? Oh yeah, but he—but he can't. He can't call. He can't like examine any of these people unless they agree to be witnesses for him. Yeah, like, but I mean, count. will he ever get an opportunity to talk? He will, but it seems like he already did it. Like he kind of just jumped ahead to. Like he he, he, would ha he has a chance to present. Well, at least he, he has a chance to call witnesses. I'm trying to remember if he has a chance to present just by himself. Don't think he does. Oh. Yeah, that system's broken. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, during the whole trial, we have Marjorie and Loras sitting off to the side, and Marjorie is pretty much the only person left in King's Landing who knows what exactly happened. Yeah. Yeah. And you just see her the whole time with this look on her face, like uh, I don't know. She just doesn't know what to do. She's kind of just yeah. sitting there, just taking it all in. Um, kind of felt bad for her. Way. Mm. It, it makes me wonder if they were setting her up to be sympathetic to Tyrion somehow, like like she wants to help him. Hmm. I don't think she will, but I mean, she knows that this is all he's being railroaded. Yeah, yeah, and it just seemed like the character the type of character who would be like, "Oh yes, Tyrion's gonna die, haha!" About it, like she would feel sorry for him at least. I think if she knew that he was innocent. I do like how they're setting up Varys though, and Varys who's going to let who's going to help Jamie out or help Tyrion out both mm -hmm. of them um, in the final episode because you can see that you can see that Varys just can't come out and and overtly help the people he wants to help he can't just speak out again or for Tyrion it's not the place not the time <laughs> but we know as readers that he's going to help him out later on and I like how they kind of set that up I feel like a viewer is like well Varys just betrayed him mm -hmm. done gone well, that's what varies. This way he does, though. He, he, I mean, he makes people have to leave King's Landing, so they have no choice to come to him. It's like the same thing with Baristan. At least, maybe not shown here, but it's all part of his game. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I don't think Varys ever wanted Tyrion to be put on trial, but he's going to help him in the way that he can help, yeah. which is a secret way. It's not an overt way because he can't do that. Right. Yeah, it's really it's really crazy. I mean, like in in the books, Jamie comes and forces him to do it, but like, was he going to do it anyways, or was he not going to do it all anyways? We don't know. Hmm. Well, he says he remembers everything. Yeah. Does he have a photographic memory? 
<laughs> when he said that, I was like, <laughs> yeah, he puts his energy into that instead of desire. Yeah. <laughs> Memorizing it all. Uh, so we have Marin Trent. He gives kind of his story. And then the next up is Pycelle, right? Mm-hmm. And he gives that part where I choked on my food when he's like, the greatest king that had ever lived. <laughs> the most noble, child. most noble child ever put on this earth. Yeah. I think that's from the books. There's, yeah, a, there's a lot of great quotes oh, from the books. Cogman God, was, was just pulling them in. Yeah, I, I went back and reread the trial yeah, scenes. Great lines. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that was bizarre. Um, I do. Um, I, I feel like Oberon is the only one asking good questions. Yeah. Like when Cersei gets up and Cersei quotes <laughs> Tyrion about the debt to be paid. Oberon's the only one who's like, "Well, what's this debt?" Yeah. Everybody else is just kind of sitting back, watching it. Um, and uh, yeah. So then we get a break in the trial where Jamie goes to his dad. He goes to Tywin and pleads the case, and Tywin plays him like a fiddle. Jamie has this great plan. He's going to help out his brother. Oh, he feels so good about it. Oh, I'm doing the great thing. And then Tywin's like, well, I'm going to put him on the Night's Watch. Or I'm going to give him the offer to go to the Night's Watch. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, not be a Kingsguard anymore and go do it. Go yeah. go, be, go, have a son whose, na- whose name is Lannister. Ooh, that dig. That's a good little dig right there. It's a good play. Yeah. Hmm. And perfect writing because they know it's not going to happen, right? This whole thing will fall apart. And and also what happened as well with, with Tyrion. So yeah. it, was, it was a good a good use of... You know, like where where you can put something that won't really happen, but viewers won't know that. And so is that Tywin also saying that he knows that uh, all of other Jamie's other kids are all Baratheons? Oh yeah, absolutely. He knows. Yeah. Hands down. Because hmm. that's something he doesn't really do in the book, right? He never. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. In, in the book, he he blinds himself to it. He avoids that at all costs. But but here 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 he seems to be aware of it, and it's just like. Yeah. He's just he's, he's making the best out of it. He's like, perfect. Now I got Jamie out of the Kingsguard. I send that little dwarf to the wall. Like, so, like, Joffrey's dead. It's like all working uh-huh. out. Everything's going well for me. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so then back to the trial. Yeah. And... Oh, he's also like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay off the Iron Bank. <laughs> yeah, so well, good. he doesn't know how he's going to pay off the Iron Bank, right? Well, he's going to use Tyrell money to help out. Oh, but, true. But he doesn't else. know what's going on over there. Like, it's all going to collapse on him now. So. Mm. And then we go back to the trial, and Cersei gives her little speech, does her thing. And after that, we get the Shay, the Shay reveal. This is pretty powerful. I thought they did. I thought the show did a really good job with this. I got a little choked up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't, I don't cry at things, but this, this gave me a hit right in the feels. Oh, oh so many feels. It's okay, Bill. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, I don't even know what to say. It's. It was it was powerful. It was it was pretty potent, and the show watchers that I was watching it with were like, "Oh my god!" They were they were caught off guard by it. And uh, did you see? Was Cersei pulling the strings the whole time? There is that true? I, what do you guys think? I, I think she had to be. What do you mean the whole time? Uh, with the Shay strings, was she was she the one who told Shay what to say? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like, otherwise she wouldn't be even be allowed to come in there. So they must have worked something out. Together, were you saying did Shay go directly to Cersei and be like, "Hey, I'm going to betray him," or did Cersei find Shay and then make the offer or thread? No, do you, is it Cersei? I mean, how maybe <coughs> Tywin was involved? I think Tywin. Uh, Tywin was, it was fresh to him. It was like, well, "What's this person here?" You think so? Like, yeah, he was like, he was looking over. He's like, "Bring her up for questioning." <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Cersei here that, mm. that, that did it. 
I agree. I agree. But uh, we have uh, Oberyn's ears perk up at some point during her confession. Yeah. Which was, I mean, they did a bit of what he does in the books good. Like, obviously, Brian Cogman knew about the whole line of questioning. Yeah. But, I mean, they couldn't do Giant of Lannister because they haven't used it before. So that makes sense. I would have liked what sorts of things line if they lined it up like that. <laughs> They basically... But we had that. He's like, and did yeah. you? Did I what? Lord. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So the, it was good. It was good. And the whole... Then the crowd laughing at him <laughs> through a lot of it is just... Yeah. It was powerful. It was good. And Tyrion's line at the end that really got me was when he when he kind of whispered and then said a little bit louder. He was like, don't. Please don't. Yeah, he's just crushed. <sighs> Ouch. So... We don't see Braun at all. And... Yeah, where was he? It would have given a lot to see his facial reaction if we were moving in, if he was mm-hmm. surprised or not. Are we still thinking that he betrayed Tyrion? Mm-hmm. Like, he was the one who kept Shay at King's Landing? Mm-hmm. Seems like he probably would have, would have had to know if she sticked around, but you never know. Maybe she just doubled back out of the ship after. Yeah. Did she double back, or did Bronn do it, or did... I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. Are we ever going to see Bronn again? Is Bronn gone? Is he done? Hey, that's not going to just disappear from the show. they got to show him again. Yeah, getting a knighthood because he helped out the crown. I think, is he not already a knight now? Oh, he is. He is. Yeah, yeah. he'll get other um, stuff, right? Yeah. But he'll be given a castle. He'll be given yeah. Stokeworth or something. Yeah. Oof. I don't know. I, I feel like Bronn has betrayed Tyrion in the show. Because Tyrion asked him uh, a couple seasons back, you know, how much would they have to pay you to kill some babies? And he said... Uh, I'd ask, or would you kill children with no questions asked? And he said he'd ask one question: How much? Hmm. Yeah. No, Bronn definitely would have sold him out if the price was right high enough. But the question is: Would Cersei have even known about Shade for then to come give the offer, or did Bronn just go directly to Cersei and expect that he get paid? It's just kind of like we'll find out later. Yeah, we will happened. find out. That's true. And then we get this awesome uh, monologue here from Peter Dinklage. Yeah, it was awesome. It was one of the strongest endings of the episodes this season. Oh, it was good. It was good. Somebody said in our forums it got a bit melodramatic, and I, I think it was getting towards there. But I thought it was yeah. it was really good. I thought it was. Um... He was mad. Like, it was good. You get a little melodramatic after that kind of mm. situation. Mm. And then he declares trial by combat. Dun, dun, dun. It's pretty ballsy when he doesn't even have somebody to fight for him, though. Like. Nobody confirmed yet, right? Well, no, yeah, that's true. Is he thinking about Braun then? He's thinking, like, well, I'm going to get Braun to... I'm sure. That's probably going to be the reveal. He's probably going to yeah. try to get Braun, and Braun's going to be like... <laughs> but then, but then again, like, remember, like, he just saw Shay, so maybe he hasn't put... I mean, at least Braun is under suspicion here, so it's kind of... Like, Tyrion will be smart enough to be like, Shay's here, maybe Braun, maybe Braun betrayed me, maybe not. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. But I mean, what at that go- point, what do you have to lose? It's like, you're, you're, you've already lost this trial, you know it's a farce anyway, so it's like, you might as well just say trial by combat, and then maybe somebody will step forward. Yeah, he already he did that gamble before, too. So. Yeah. Well, what if he gets uh, Jamie to do it? Because, well, I mean, first <laughs> of all, Jamie is missing his sword hand, yes, but... The crown, Tywin and Cersei aren't gonna want to send someone out to yeah. kill Jamie because yeah. Jamie is the future of the Lannisters. Mm. Yeah. So that presents them with a problem. True. But yeah, because think... Jamie's actually there too. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I think order of operations is the prosecutors declare their champion first. Oh, and if they say Jamie first. Yeah, no, but the, or... the person has to agree to it, right? Yeah. He can't just be like, "You're gonna fight for me." Uh, yes, I believe. Uh, the person, the champion, it. has to agree. Yes. So, 
I don't know. But I think they set up, they really set up Jamie because they kept having a lot of cutaways to him in this episode. And I think uh, for people just watching, I think they're really setting him up to be one of the chosen champions. Uh, obviously, they're not going to, but I think they were kind of trying to, you know, do a little fake out. Dun, dun, dun. I'm looking forward to the battle. It's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Although I got to say, I, I don't feel like, I know we've got quite a bit of Oberyn, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. I thought he was going to run away with this season mm. and he's, uh, he's just been a really cool character to follow, but I don't feel like he's kind of, um, taken over as I thought he was going to. Yeah. Well, it was, we got another couple episodes, but you're, you're right. Like, he, I mean, he, he's, we all agree he's doing a great job. We just thought he, maybe they'd milk more of the character, like mm. put more of him into it. But yeah. <clears throat> Although I also thought the trial was going to last kind of throughout yeah. the season, and they just kind of put it in one episode. So. Right. Uh, well, episode eight is going to be the fight. So episode seven is going to be kind of downtime, and then I guess they'll get a chance to chat with a few people and figure it out. <laughs> but I want to see how they how are they going to reveal that Oberyn's going to be the champion because that's different now. It's going to be a different reveal. Oh, well, they have him go talk to Tyrion and and tell him. I think it'll but, just be like the book. I think it'll be just like the book. I know there's that, but I mean, then he'll like will, will that how will everyone else show? He'll, they'll just know, and then we'll have to see the battle. Like it will be. We won't have that shock moment of. The shock was more just calling the trial by battle here. Mm. That's what they put the shock on, rather than the, then the challenger being the defender being Oberyn, which is was another shock in itself yeah. to the other people. Mm. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But hopefully, we will. It's all gonna gonna be last good last four episodes of the season. Yeah, it'll be solid. We we still got a lot of stuff to do. We still got the battle up at the wall, <clears> and we've got we've got the we've got the Red Viper in the mountain. We've got Tywin. We've got Shay. We've got the Tyrion's escape. Um, mm. We got a lot of good stuff still left. We got Lysa. Yeah. Oh, make him fly. Yes, that's right. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff, yeah. Awesome. Oh, just one question. So who was that guy beside uh, Marguerite and, and Loras? There's always this guy sitting beside them. Is, it just... is that Garland? I don't know. Is, is it is it some like is it Terrell family? Because he's always there. Or is he, it looked, some... he looked familiar to me. Like I'd seen him somewhere before. Mm-hmm. I don't, was he maybe one of the the royal pages, the the herald, the guy he's who calls nice them seat. out when they come? He's got a nice seat. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> right up with everybody else. Yeah. He's got a better seat than Tommen, who just <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm the king, but I'm leaving. See you guys. Well, I think that was a smart move on his part. What's he gonna yeah. do? He's not old enough to. He can at least stay and watch. To be he's the king. Trying try to learn what a false trial is. So yes. Be a better king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I just said it is that Garland, but I obviously know it's not Garland because they've established in the show that. Well, there's no brothers, but he could still be a cousin or something like yeah. that, right? They could be the cousin Garland. Could be. I I had heard this, and I have no idea if it's true. Somebody can verify. I had heard that they were thinking about adding Garland, or even George had said to put a character like Garland. But I don't know. It'd have to be somebody like him, because haven't they already established the... the yeah, they established of... there's no other brothers. Yes. Uh, but there could be other family that could still be relevant. Maybe a long lost. The secret Tyrell, instead of a yeah. secret Targ. Oh, the final final shot of the scene, uh, the episode was great when it had the two Lannisters looking at each other. Like, you know, Tywin and Tyrion mm-hmm. glittering at each other. That was great. Dun, dun, dun. And then we get another version of Reigns of <laughs> Castamere. I feel like it's playing so much in this show. Yeah. Awesome. Right, I have a couple of announcements to say. Should we do them now? Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, I wanted to first of all just announce that we have a f- sub forum in our forums called the Podcast Meetups f- Sub Forum, and what that is for is for uh, meetups that we organize or meetups that even our listeners organize in places. And that's relevant because I'll be going to the Ice and Fire Convention later this week, and I'll be recording an episode with Ashley and some people there. 
Um, and then I'm going to Toronto and I'm going to Anime North and we're going to try to do a meetup in Toronto. Uh, we may try to do a meetup later this summer in, in San Diego when, when Kyle and Mimi and I are there for San Diego Comic Con. So we're trying to do a few listener meetups. So if you check out our podcast forums, the podcast sub forum podcast meetups, you can help. You can take a part in that. You can meet the podcast hosts. So I have to spend time with you guys in San Diego? <laughs> well, maybe they'll buy you a drink or something. Yeah, you better. No. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Any other so announcements? No, that's it. So we just Toronto meetup coming up if there's interest, and then San Diego, and then it, after San Diego, I'm coming up to LA. Like you give me a ride back, right? Oh, Maybe. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'll be in LA for a few days, so we could even do an LA meetup. If oh want shit. Yeah. Game on. Yeah. And I, I have uh, I finished my Dornish cosplay by the way, so I'll be bringing that to San Diego. You have Dornish cosplay? Yeah. What? Uh, basically based on Oberyn's clothing, except it's it's House Manwitty though. It has a big House Manwitty uh, skull in the back. Are you serious? Are you are you yeah. being serious with me? Right I'm serious. Yeah. Shit, I gotta step it up. <laughs> Damn, I'm, I'll be Oakheart. Yeah. Mimi can be Arian, and uh, yeah. we'll be good. We'll be good to go. That'd be awesome. Yeah. What about you, Bill? What are you gonna cosplay as a Comic Con? Uh, Book Dario. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you make it down for Comic Con? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, too bad. Dario. Need, need more money. So there we have it, a good episode. Thank you, Bill, so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me. This has been great. Man, it was an absolute pleasure having you on, and please join us again. Oh, sure, anytime. And uh, you have a great evening, and uh, thanks to all our listeners for tuning in again for this episode review of First of... Oh, not First of His Name, for the Laws of Gods and Men. Uh, we'll be back here again next week for our episode seven. Is it seven or six next week? Seven. Seven. Our episode seven review. Do you guys know the name of the next next week's episode? Mockingbird, I think. Mocking. Yes, there we go. That sounds right. So we'll be back for our Mockingbird review next week. As always, make sure you follow us on Twitter at APOIAF. Make sure you check out our forums and say hi to Mr. Corbon there. And uh, follow us on Facebook, guys. Until next week. See you next time. I think Mr. Corbett's got heavy breathing. Oh, I do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think so, too. It's not me this time. No worry. I'm just kind of fooling around, seeing what... It's a pretty uh, awesome game. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to play it's one amazing. of my... I'll play my uh, healer deck. It's a little slower, to so be fair, because my mage is pretty fast-paced <laughs> deck, okay. so... Let's see. Well, so you're gonna murder me. Like I just figured out how to make cards. I don't have very many things yet. So the good thing about it is it, you get the basic cards pretty quickly. Like I've only played a couple of days, and you, you pretty much get all the basic cards you need for a certain faction. Yeah. So, yeah, you do get stuff pretty quick. You don't have to pay for those. Like you can always pay later. I might end up paying in the future, but I'm pretty happy right now with just the free stuff. So. And I'm trying to find that. 
that balance between like awesome powers and like being able to get guys out quick. That's the biggest. That seems to be the biggest or like spells and stuff like get spells out quick. Do I want to get more cards? Oh man, I played this match last night against this uh this guy. Yeah. Right and he away. got me down to 5 life and he was going like 30 or whatever. Yeah. And I pulled this amazing comeback. <laughs> you can, right? Yeah. If, if you can get, especially if you get a taunt guy just in front of stop the guy and then do stuff. Oh, I have an interesting combo next turn. Oh shit. Uh, that's good for now. Oh. I finally got rid of her. <laughs> She'd be loading up my hand. Like, look at my hand right now. Yeah, that's true. I should have right. after her later. This, 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 I might be able to win this turn. Let's see. I forget that part. You might be able to win this turn. All right, here we go. So first, I'm gonna heal my guy back to normal health. Then I'm gonna double his health. Then I'm gonna double his health. Oh, then you're gonna flip it around. Then I'm gonna make him yeah, 2020. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, I mean, the whole deck, that's like the biggest thing I can do in the deck. But the thing is, if you have a polymorph, then you can get rid of him. That's, that's why mages can deal with that. That's, you pull a polymorph. That's ridiculous. And he stays like that? Oh, yeah, permanently. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, he's a taunt. Well, the... He's a taunt. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, he's, I, I, the good thing about even if I don't get the, the flipper, like, if even if you double the health, a good taunt guy can hold out yeah, for a long yeah. time, right? And I can keep healing. That's the thing. Other guys don't heal as easily, but the priest can keep healing. So it, he's good for the long game. I think I got a, I got I a really bad draw, I think. I've got yeah. a huge gun! Oh, just attack. Alright, just react to. I hate when people sit there and they're like, What am I gonna do? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything, yeah. <laughs> it's like, they play like 50 cards, they like put all their army out, and then they just attack with the one guy they already had, and I'm yeah. like, you should... You could have ended it, yeah. Especially this game is about right. speed, right? You, you want to get to the next game and get more gold. Right, let me try that. Right, I can play one of my uh, lo low decks. I have a level 1 deck. No, come on. Don't do that. Alright, let me switch to my mage deck then, or should I do priest again? Yeah, do, a, do your mage deck. I mean... Mage deck, okay, let's do that. It'll be more interesting, because it'll be mage against mage. 